Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 16 of On the Flank. I am one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hello, everybody. Yeah, we're coming to you a little late. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm I'm traveling a little bit. I am in sunny California currently. Um, but luckily enough, we had tons of news this week, Joe. So luckily enough, we could find time to, to still do this. Are you ready for a, a very long episode of On the Flank, possibly, with ending with our first team previews for Season 2? Are you pumped? It's true. It's good. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. Yeah, and I bet those listeners are like, oh, who are they previewing? Who are they previewing? It's probably in the description, but um, <laughs> maybe if we leave it out, they're, 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 the, 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 the suspense, it's, it's getting to them. Uh, but we should start off with the news because guess what? We got our last two, last two, that's right, teams revealing their branding. We know all the team names, all the logos, all the colors, and uh, pretty much all the rosters at this point. Joe, let's let's get into grading the Vancouver Titans and the Washington Justice. Let's start with the Vancouver Titans. Um, they revealed this at the Vancouver Canucks game uh, on Saturday, and uh, it was it was an interesting presentation to be sure, because um, they they played the video at or it was introduced by one of the uh, people at, at at sporting events who kind of just go around the crowd and they're uh, they're like kind of the host of the event. Uh, she introduced. This, this new Vancouver eSports team, they played the video introducing the Titans, and then they announced all the players who were sitting on the bench. Um, they <laughs> announced Harsha as well, even though he was not present. and uh, Or maybe he was, and he was just looking extra like Flowervin uh, that day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a very interesting announcement. Um, I, it sound, it didn't really sound like any of the sports fans were too hyped about it, but it was still cool that they went out of that. This was probably the most like extravagant and like crazy announcement to do in front of like, it was definitely the most people that were there for an announcement. what did you think about this one? Yeah. And these are the most, uh, like general public that a team has gone, which is cool. Um, you know, I think this is definitely one of the rosters that's generated the most hype, um, uh, you know in the overwatch community uh you know whether or not that actually translates to um out, outside that is another thing entirely but um but yet yeah, um uh, like we've been uh, sort of anticipating this whole time they did confirm yes they do have uh, a runaway is the roster here uh so that's really exciting to see obviously it's not the pink and blue team but you know what can you do mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh but you, yeah that's um uh, it was it was really a really a quite a production they put on at the, at the hockey game all the spotlights going everywhere and they had uh, uh you know putting the graphics on the on the rink itself and all that it was cool yeah um of course they took the risk of having risk of having the announcer announce these uh esports names which is never never a good idea um he did get a couple wrong here and there which is just going to happen but it was still cool, nonetheless. Um, and then after, I really enjoyed 
Uh, I don't think this was at the hockey game, obviously. I don't think they played these super long, just player introductions at the hockey game, but they, they just interviewed all their players, um, had these nice little videos uh, that I don't think any other team has really done so far. It was super in-depth, um, and for all the silence that Vancouver has had the entire offseason, uh, when they finally talked, it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of stuff, which is great. Um, and they, they let us know basically everything, which is awesome. I, I, I love that announcement. But Joe, let's get into the the nitty gritty here. Grading their logo, their name, and their colors. So let's start with the name, Joe. What do you think of the name Vancouver Titans? Uh, the, yeah, so the name itself, Vancouver Titans, that's super cool. Um, and it, I think might be the best one out of the expansion teams. Mm. I'm sort of going through the list again. But um, it, it, like, it makes the most sense. And with the um, sort of Yeti thing that they have uh, for their branding, you know, that's... Uh, it works well enough, I think. But yeah, that's uh, it's cool. And to, to think of you know, like Pacific Northwest, and you got all the like mountains and trees and whatever. And so there's there's also Yetis up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, of I course, it, it seems to work. Uh, yeah, I I'm a, I agree with you. It is the best expansion team name uh, because I, I'm all I'm all about that noun. You know, just the Titans, um, and the Titans have always been. There's, of course, the Tennessee Titans. Remember who inspired Remember the Titans, um, the, the movie about the football, the football Titans. But uh, yeah, t- Titans, I mean, that's just a cool nickname, too. Titans are cool. Um, is it like Greek mythology where Titans first appeared? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and they're they're awesome in that. I mean, Titans, that's just, that's just an awesome nickname. Like, they went simple... There's there's nothing I have to explain like oh the eternal like rain oh, I don't have to explain this to people like it's just a t- no one cares like it's a titan um, and that's the brilliance of it and I'm giving it an A plus. Uh, what what's your grade, Joe? Um yeah no I think I'd agree like I said I think it's uh, one of the best for from this uh, season two expansion so yeah it, it's that's an A plus. Awesome. And now their logo, who is a Yeti man, a Yeti Titan of sorts, um, blue and green. What? It, I'll, I'll start on this one. Um, I enjoy this logo a lot. I really do. Um, it's simple. It's nice. It's scary. It's intimidating. Um, someone did put on the competitive Overwatch subreddit a like, logo where basically... His hairs up top, they made them into trees instead of just those like little spiky hairs, which I thought was even better. Um, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was cool. That was a cool one for sure. Um, uh, but this one's this one's far. This one's good too. Honestly, they're both they're both good depending what you want to go for. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna give this one a simple like a. Honestly, like there's nothing wrong with it. It's not too much. I I also I mean the only the only downside is like it's yeti it's a yeti not really a titan I guess but um it's it's hard to represent a titan as we said like on the last episode the Tennessee Titans are just a T on fire um I think this is 
I think this is better than a tea on fire, in my opinion. Um, I, I do like this representation of Titans more, so I am giving it an A. Cool, yeah. Um, I talk about the logo now, yeah. So uh, the, the one thing about um, this logo I found interesting, I don't know if you saw um, the original announcement tweet uh, that Vancouver made, um, which then uh, Dallas Fuel replied to with a picture of, um, uh, uh, I don't know the name, but one of those uh, like lap dogs that... <laughs> Uh, you know, with the big long hair, and it's you know, it's got like a bow up on yeah. the top of the head, and whatever. <laughs> Which is funny because you'll have to go look at the picture if you're listening to this on audio because I can't describe it very well. But it's just funny because um, that's kind of what it makes me think of a little bit. Yeah, is that the the head of the yeti is sort of weird. But I mean, if that's the only complaint, you know, I mean, the, the colors are cool. Uh, like you said, they sort of go with um, the other like Vancouver team branding. Um, in, in other sports, you know, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but yeah, it's uh, the it, it makes sense definitely for what they're trying to do, and I think that's uh, they've definitely succeeded on that. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, an A uh, logo, I think. Nice. So uh, Vancouver doing super well so far, and then the colors. Um, let me check out the official. I did. I I don't have the official colors like I usually do. Uh, because uh, these ones are obvious. They're blue and green, right? But uh, yeah, uh, blue, primary, and green. This is the 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 press release is always nice because they tell us like blue is going to be their primary, green's their secondary, and white will be their accents um, to represent Vancouver's greenery surrounded by the Pacific Ocean. That's that's a nice description. Um, and they also do mention. The color shades signify a vibrant contemporary take on the Vancouver Canucks palette, but still allow the Titans to develop their own West Coast style. Um, oh, they also explain the logo. The Titans logo features a Sasquatch, a folklore figure synonymous with the Pacific Northwest, with the monogram of a V in the nose for Vancouver. Where's that? Oh yes, I see it. His like nose, his nostrils <laughs> are a V. <laughs> I guess that makes. Sense. I guess that works. Interesting, and a mountain range on top of his head. Okay, I see that more clearly now. The team uh, name of the Titans and is indicative of the traits associated with the Sasquatch, a powerful, imposing, and mythical being. Yeah, I guess those are some things in common that the titans and sasquatch has um but yeah blue green um this is fantastic i need a blue green team i i've said it a million times i'm all about blue um and this is a pairing we have yet to see in in the blue spectrum so give me the blue green team i give this an a joe um yeah for the colors um yeah i'd have to agree i think um you know especially Again, trying to coordinate with what they've got. Um, we've got, I guess, two sort of bluish green teams now. You know, thinking about Guangzhou, uh, but they're definitely you know distinct enough that that's going to be, uh, you know, not really an issue. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of wish the green was like darker, maybe or something. They're 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 both like very primary sort of. Yeah, green. I see what the you green mean. Is not primary. 
uh, I don't know, but but it's cool. I think it's gonna work out, uh, especially with some of the other. I think maybe it's just partly the heroes that they uh, chose to display their skins on. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be good colors. I think it's gonna you know solid, you know B plus A minus easily. <laughs> All right, and now we're we're on to Washington Justice. Um, do, do we do we want to actually say the names of the players that they have? Oh yeah, should we do the? Yeah, <laughs> let's do the roster first. Because um, it is because we do know you know it is runaway, but it is runaway. Uh, they it's but worth it's mentioning. it's runaway and um, repel, right or no? Uh, yeah, no think... he, it says they also got him from runaway. Hmm. Okay. It's this thing that I'm looking at. Huh, interesting. So maybe maybe Runaway was, signed uh, him at the last second. And then they <laughs> and then they just brought him over. Um Let me see what this says. But yeah, while he while he looks that up, I will just announce the names if you're not familiar with Runaway. Liquipedia says he came from Element Mystic. Yes, that's where he came so, from. Yeah. Um Bumper, you got Janu, you got Hoxel, Stitch, Hureg, Siominsu, Slime, Twilight, and then of course as we were talking about Repel. Um, so that's two tanks and bumper Janu. You got Haxel, Stitch, Hureg, Sealman, Sue, all on DPS, and then Slime, Twilight, and Repel are the support players. Uh, there's no avoiding it. I am hyped for this team. I love Runaway. Um, will they com- will they be able to compete with Overwatch League talent? I don't know. Do I want them to? Yes, I do. Obviously. Um, <laughs> I think everyone's rooting for not if you're not rooting for Vancouver or the Runaway, you're rooting for you're rooting for the expansion teams to be as good as the actual Overwatch League teams. There's no doubt about that. We want some good competition. Um, what do you think about this roster, Joe? Yeah, I definitely have to agree. I think this is maybe one of the strongest uh, expansion rosters that we're looking at. I think uh, not very many people would disagree with that. Uh, but yeah, coming in. Uh, fresh off of a really, uh, uh, re- you know, really successful contender season, but also, uh, you know, they've got lots of history behind them as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be really cool to see, uh, the, you know, the, sort of the the spot that they find themselves in coming in season two against, uh, you, you know, so these other teams that are a lot more established. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. I think they're they're the biggest. These guys have the biggest expectations for the expansion teams. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind about that, uh, because I mean the runaway, and then all of Kongdu Panthera, who was the who was the other big uh, contenders talent. I think everyone thought runaway Kongdu Panthera were the two best contenders teams, especially after their season two performances. And uh, all Kung Tu Panthera went to existing Overwatch League teams, Shanghai Dragons and uh, LA Gladiators. A uh, nice little split there. But um, So this is the one expansion team with, with the highest expectations because they have one of the best rosters um, that we've seen play. And they're one of the only expansion teams to take a full roster. Are they the only one to take a full roster? I think maybe. That sounds right, yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of expectations on this, on this team, not only because they, um, picked up Runaway, who's a very good roster, but they are one of the only teams to pick up a full roster, which is, gives everyone high expectations, you know? Um, Washington Justice, 
their roster is kind of the, the opposite of hype for me, but we have to start <laughs> off with um, their logo, their branding, uh, which uh we'll start with the nickname washington justice i mean this is this is to me this is going to be some some simple grading um because washington justice i mean this is all everything they did expected and i mean i i'm not going to say it's bad that they that they did all this and they didn't defy expectations like you know me i like simple i like i like teams doing what they're supposed to do instead of making their name an adjective or something weird um, just because it's different and I, I, I enjoy simple and Washington justice. Um, I know a lot of people like DC justice. I think that's the main way I'm going to go with it because I mean, justice, that's good. It's related to Washington DC, of course, are the home of the U S government, of course. And it's, it's, it's America. Washington DC is that's where America is. Um, and justice that's a good that's a good nickname do i think they should have gone one with dc justice uh, i think there would have been copyright issues but um that would have sounded great too i'm but i'm all down for washington justice i think this nickname it's nice and simple i can't complain on it i'm just gonna give it a b yeah i know i tend to agree uh just in terms of that this is um uh, i think one of the uh I don't know. One of the strongest parts of their uh, their branding announcement, probably. That yeah, it's. Um, I like what you said. You know, they didn't uh, try to defy anybody's expectation. You know, it's a team in Washington D.C. It's going to be America themed, and it's going to have red, white, and blue, and it's you know all that. So, uh, but, but but you know, it does. It, it's uh, it's it's sensible. You know, it fits with what they're trying to do. So, um, yeah, I'd agree. It's it's a that's a B plus probably yes and now their logo um i talked about this before i don't like it at all but um we saw someone put because all the washington teams have three stars that represents um washington dc in a way and their their flag but they only decided to go with one star it looks a lot better with three stars this logo just has simultaneously so much going on and nothing going on in places that it's so weird right like in yeah. some places it's simple in some places it's complex and it's all over the place on what it wants to be um i said this i said this before but i if they got rid of that that thin blue line i would like it a lot better but it seems as though they're putting it on a red background very often which is probably why they have the blue line is what I'm realizing. Uh, because if, if they put it on the red background, then the shields just, just doesn't show up because it would be a red outline. So, um, it seems like they want to go with red more as their primary. I could check out their press release to find that out. But, um, I guess I, if they do want to put it on red, then they made the right decision with the thin blue line. I don't enjoy the thin blue line. I think it makes it look janky and I think it would look, like I'm just picturing it without the line and I think it would look so much better and it's more bold when you have a thick like outline like that having the thin outline just kind of makes it look like a like a rough draft or something um logo gets in D from me what do you think Joe Oy. um yeah so uh 
you know, it's harder to say for me. I think, uh, the, you know, there's definitely uh, the things that could be better. I, I did really like uh, uh, that post on Reddit you, you mentioned that somebody added just uh, another star on either side, and that actually really um, seemed to make things a little bit better. I think maybe just because to, like, fill up the top part of it makes the really full bottom part of it not so... Uh, not so much contrast or something. I don't know, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, but yeah, the the symbolism in there is interesting. Uh, uh, you know, you even get the little Washington monument in there in the bottom. Uh, I, I wonder if if you might like it better if the the red part was more uh, vertically centered in the back part because like it's sort of like closer to the bottom, like it's thicker at the top um, and then thinner at the bottom. I wonder if that's maybe part of what's looking yeah, weird, but possibly. I don't know, but it, I mean, it's for me personally, it's not terrible. Um, that it, it, you know, it's it's sort of grown on me. I think since it was leaked and then uh, since it was announced uh, here about two days ago. But uh, it, I don't know. It's it, there certainly could have been uh, more things done with it. So yeah, I, I wouldn't give it a D, but uh, yeah, maybe a, a B minus probably. Okay, I'm I'm clearly the the a little bit more of a cynic about this logo. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I just think uh, they could have done a little bit more with it, but colors, I, I don't know. Do we even grade the colors? Like this is so obvious. It's red, like, white, and blue. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like if it was if it was any other team, I would be upset. They get, they get a they get a check mark for colors. Yeah, just like pass. <laughs> you you passed. <laughs> like I don't, if it was any other team, I'd I would give it like a something bad because I'm like, yeah, we have too many red, white, and blue teams, but it's Washington. Like I can't. Like it's a B, I guess. I like it's good. They can't. I'm, if they go with a different color, that's bad. So <laughs> this y- you passed. <laughs> Check mark. Speaking of uh, the justice and their roster, does their roster pass? Is the question. And uh, so far, I d- I don't enjoy the roster too much. Um, who have they announced so far? Janice, of course, that was announced a while ago. You got Sansam, Sam, Stratus, Corey, Hyonu, and Fozix. Um, and they're sort of in the middle of announcing it um, right as we record. recording. <laughs> so maybe, maybe by the end of this podcast, we'll have another player to add to the roster. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, they're live <laughs> as we record live announcing these. Crazy. Um, this is a pretty, they've got half and half here so far, Americans to Koreans. Um, this is, which is cool. Yeah. I think this is three Americans is probably the most Americans picked up by an expansion team. I'm guessing, um, there hasn't, there hasn't been too many Americans or North Americans in general picked up by, I know all the EU fans are complaining like. EU gets disrespected, but NA has been completely disrespected this off season. Um, like nothing new from from NA whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple we'll be announcing here later. But yeah, yeah, um, not very many overall. I mean, we've got this is we've got Corey is from Gladiators Legion. Fox Fozix is from uh, NRG as NRG. well as well as uh, Stratus. So you got some North American contenders talent there. Uh, Sansam is from Metathena, which is Korean contenders. And uh, Hoyonu 
is um, from World Game Star, but he was on Metabellum before that, uh, which is a, probably a more recognizable name because Metabellum and Meta Athena are owned by the same uh, parent company right there. Um, but yeah, that's the roster so far. Of course, we've got more names coming. They only have six. They're not allowed to only have six. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure since the watch point thing is today that they're, everyone's forced to announce their entire roster by now because they're previewing the season or whatever. That makes sense. Um, so we we're definitely, hopefully by the end of this podcast going to get, uh, this full roster. Uh, what do you think about it so far though, Joe? Uh, I think it's cool. I was, I was trying to, I had to go back and look up, um, where I knew Fozix from, because because I had heard his name a bunch, but um, you know, evidently, yeah, again, for, coming from NRG, that's where I'd heard of him before. But um, you know, it's a bunch of uh, again contenders names. You know, we see lots of this uh, from these. Uh, uh, it's an off-season, you know, uh, expansion team pickups. Uh, but, but you know, that's that's good, right? You know, that's what we're trying to build. Uh, that sort of thing. So that's. Um, it, it's, it's going to be helpful, definitely. You know, and, uh, people like uh, uh, you know Sansim in the tank role is going to have some. Uh, so there's some pretty pretty big shoes to fill. Pretty big. Uh, 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 lot, lots can be expected of him, I think. Uh, playing with uh, Janice and playing, um, you know, in this this GC team that yeah, uh, again, sort of a, a mix of American Korean. Uh, it's it's good, good to see some American talent on the American team. You know, people will say. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, um, it is going to be interesting uh, seeing that mix. Uh, so far, not not that impressed with their American players specifically. I don't know too much about their Korean players. Obviously, I think Janice, Janice is a good talent. Um, on, he was great on NYXL. Uh, but Fozix, I know f- mainly from Harblue, of course, the streamer, if you don't know him, and... Uh, they would often duo together back in the day, so I mainly know the name Fozix from that. He's a good player. Um, compared to the rest of the Overwatch League, mm, this roster's looking okay right now. Um, and I think one of the biggest reasons... I mean, we know about the budgets, budget cuts, which is just a terrible situation for Kate Mitchell in this... Uh, this organization because we saw like some numbers on like how much these players are going for and how much like how how aggressive you have to be to be able to sign these really good players um and it seems like uh k mitchell had to moneyball it billy bean style um and get uh get some cheap players that she think can can perform well still despite them being cheap um so we'll see how they perform i would love i would love to see uh i would love to see them perform well after after some budget cuts so those are two uh two expansion team rosters and branding but we also got chengdu the hunters announcing uh nine players um, and they uh, are the one Chinese expansion team to go. All Chinese players, uh, except Bacon Jack, he is from Taiwan. I'll go through the list. Uh, supports Kayo, Gary, and Yvettel. Flex 
at flex you got elson late young uh tank you got a Meng, and then dps bacon jack jin mu and yang xiao long uh all chinese uh not even taken from one chinese roster just just all over the place um i know yvette you've you've you god that is how do you pronounce that vettel voltal but, yeah, I don't know, evil, evil toe maybe or something. Yeah, but uh, he was he was on Team China this year, um, so that's a name I recognize. Were, were any this was was uh, late young right? Late young, okay, yeah, they I think late so. late young did look familiar. Yeah, he was. Um, so some Chinese World Cup talent uh, alongside just a bunch of Chinese contenders talent. Um, so this this Chengdu team interesting. Last, I mean, I think everyone's automatically going to have uh, poor expectations of this team because the last team to pick up an entire Chinese roster went to 0-40. Um, so... That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's not a good way to start. But I, I don't think they're going to... I can already tell you that this, this team will probably win at least a game. Um, <laughs> and now... We, we can include in this discussion too. Notably, not uh, in this roster is Silk Thread. Oh yes, um, are we? Is that on the thing? Yeah, Silk Thread. Yes. Um, you wanna here? You 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 wanna talk about the Chengdu roster at all before we get into Silk Thread? Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, you know we we actually saw um, you know really good plays off of uh, both of these World Cup talents. Um, that we have, yeah, I think it's um, definitely on on uh, Chengdu to be sort of a mold breaker. I think this season, uh, again, with going going this Chinese roster, and they probably are, uh, you know, done uh, picking up players too. So it's going to be uh, it's, it's going to be cool to see how they sort of evolve through that. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, Silk th- uh, losing Silk Thread, you know, hasn't thrown off any of their plans or anything. But we'll find out. Yeah, uh, we will find out. Silk Thread, of course. Um, if you haven't seen, made this long, long Twitter post, uh, basically explaining in in deep detail why he had to leave Chengdu. Um, uh, and he said goodbye to professional Overwatch in general too. He's uh, seemingly burned out. As as he said, burnt out in in the tweet longer. He also mentioned. Um, that just the team culture uh, was not exactly how he what he pictured it to be. It was a bit too a bit too rough for him. Um, not too many breaks, and I mean, as a person who's been to China before and um, understands a little bit how how Chinese people work um, compared to American people, and I think. This has been a thing said Korean Koreans compared to Americans and all this stuff because Americans just do not practice as much as the the Asian teams do because their culture um, is more work oriented and less social oriented for sure. They are um, very much if you have a job or if you have something important to do, you do that almost all day. Um until you perfect it and uh, that's that's just what they do and i i do not think silk thread uh fit into that culture too well i mean you have a it not only is chengdu team from china um but they 
and their entire roster is Chinese with one Taiwanese player. Uh, so that culture for Silk Thread had to be a little bit, it had to be a culture shock for him, for sure. Um, and it's a lot of hard work and I can understand getting burnt out. Um, if you're, if you're just going to start ramping up, if you're already tired of the game and then you, you, you have to go even harder and longer every day. Uh, what do you, what do you think about Silk Thread leaving professional Overwatch? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, it's a super shame, you know, we wanted to see, uh, more of him here in Overwatch League Season 2, uh, playing for Chengdu. I thought it was sort of an interesting thing you don't really think, think about, excuse me, is that, um, uh, you know, all of these players who actually have lives, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> sounds funny to say, but lives outside of professional gaming, um, you know, Silk Thread said um, that you know, not Silk Thread, but uh, Ted Wang um, is applying to uh, UC Berkeley and UC Irvine and UT Austin um, to go to college and get a business degree. <laughs> um, and, and I was just, I was a little bit, you know, taken taken aback reading that. I was like, oh yeah, you know, he's only like eighteen or nineteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you know, he's just going to go have a life now and. So then there will be people, presumably there will be people who know him as Silk Thread, the professional Overwatch player. But, um, you, you know, for lots of other people, this is going to be completely different for him. It's just uh, interesting to consider, you know, the, the kind of change that that would have to mean. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. It's great that he has other options, though. You know, um, I always like, and that's most of the people who leave professional gaming do have other options and they want to pursue them um and this is just another one of those cases um we've got some more player announcements lots of lots of um roster additions for the people who have not completed their roster quite yet one of those teams with dallas fuel um they finally made their dps announcement it was not hydration it was zachary um and of course fusion university's dps man himself zach uh he's he's joining the dallas fuel um joe you upset that your philadelphia fusion couldn't snag this man uh before Uh, dallas could i mean to compete with carpe and eqo (laughs) i mean so on the one hand you know he'll probably get um a, a little bit more exposure, I think, on Dallas, so that's good. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, but yeah, no, to see him picked up at all, I think, is is super cool. Uh, he definitely, you know, from uh, what three seasons now in a row of contenders NA champion. Um, you, you, there's, I think, nobody, um, nobody would argue that he doesn't deserve it. I don't think, uh, you know, getting picked up here by Dallas, uh, who now does have four DPS players, but I think uh, Zachary is definitely going to be. Um, uh, f- fill in a niche that they need um, with a you know a flex DPS projectile DPS that sort of thing. Uh, you, you know might see a good amount of playtime I think, uh, and you know I'm sure it helps that he's going uh, now to a team from his uh, uh, coached by his uh, World Cup coach too. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, they four DPS is just the standard now I guess. Um, so Definitely. so. Dallas is just doing what every other team's doing, but uh, yeah, the, I I was thinking about 
Like, I wonder why more, like, Fusion, Philadelphia Fusion had probably the best talent in their academy team, Fusion University. And I wonder why, like, more teams, like, I wonder why Fusion didn't, didn't pick up Zachary and then just trade him if they weren't going to use him. Because they're getting nothing out of, like, Zach could just sign anywhere they want. They just lose out on either money or a player or something like that. Um, I wonder why more teams maybe, didn't do that, or if it would have even been worth it to do that. Maybe they did and they didn't tell us? I don't know if that's a thing or not. Yeah, I don't know. There's no players union, so that's <laughs> it's not, true. not too many things have to be said in these transactions, So, which kind of sucks uh, for media and fans. But mm-hmm. anything could have happened. But um, yeah, well, this is a great pickup. I, I know I haven't said anything about that, but yeah, this is a great pickup. Zachary is great. Um, and Fusion University is great, obviously. Uh, Paris Eternal added um, the player they've been teasing for a while now, and that is Gray. Um, what team was Gray previously on? Uh, this one says GGA. Yes, he was, which was Houston Outlaws' former uh contenders team that no longer exists um but yeah gray um he is an ana zen player um he does also play some sombra which is pretty relevant to uh the meta right now but um yeah gray is this a good pickup another good pickup for paris of course he is european i'm sorry i forgot to mention he is portuguese so portuguese paris is not ruining that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I know lots of people were excited about seeing this. Um, again, bringing in a really good sort of uh, uh, flex support player uh, coming into that. I think that's, that's going to be helpful. Uh, you know, again, for a team that is uh, looking pretty decent, you know, with uh, with all this EU talent that they've got, you know, just to have uh, – uh, that much more that much more uh, range and you know flexibility if they need i think you know that's that can only be a benefit for them i think yeah uh, i completely agree and now that's a nice round uh european roster that that the fans in europe love toronto defiant they added uh asher and uh rokai is what i'm gonna go with on this guy uh he's from x6 and o2 uh, mainly X6 gaming. Um, so, contender screen. And, of course, if you don't know Asher, he was on the Los Angeles Gladiators last year. Um, so, Toronto Defiant adding even more uh, over previous Overwatch League talent. They already had Neko and Envy on their team. Um, so, there's some more experienced talent right there uh, on their team. That's, that's always good um, and always a good sign for Toronto. I... This, this roster could surprise some people. Um, I don't think they have too many big names that everyone's hyped up about, but uh, I think it could surprise some people, especially with Bishop at coach. I, I've always enjoyed Bishop's uh, coaching style. What do you think about these two pickups? Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd agree in general. Um, to talk about, you know, it's good to have um, Asher back in the league. You know, we didn't see tons of him um, in season one, but, um, you know, to have to... To have to make that uh, fall from tier one, um, you know that we've seen some players do this season. That uh, it's uh, unfortunate, but so it's good to have avoided that in this case, definitely. 
Yeah, and Astro's not bad at all. I mean, the Gladiators, um, they got they got Decay and they got a, a very good DPS lineup over there. They just cannot. I mean, maybe they could go with the four DPS like everyone else is doing, but I don't think Asher would have that much of a impact. I think they like their three DPS rotation over there right now. Um, speaking of the Gladiators, uh, we haven't talked about this yet on the podcast, which is crazy. This was a while ago now. But uh, the Gladiators, they they bamboozled us again. <laughs> um, they <laughs> their, tw- their exact words in this tweet... The Gladiators say farewell to the Finnish duo. Our thanks to Big Goose and Shaz for the glorious season and every everything blows up. This immediately gets to the top of the subreddit. Everyone's replying, why? What why would you drop the these two? These are this is like one of the best support duos in the league, if you ask me. Um, and everyone's like, why are they being released? There must be some drama happening. Like there's no way they thought this was a good choice. Um and then, uh, like, 20 minutes, a half hour later, they tweet and say hello to the Finnish trio. Um, Jebated. Big time. <laughs> uh, they had a Ripa. Or Ripa. Ripa. I'm going to go Ripa. From Team Giganti. EU contenders talent. Of course, he's Finnish. And he is another support. They've, uh, they've got uh, a Finnish trio now. I don't think he could have been in Overwatch League last year because he was not old enough. Um, but he is now old enough. He's here to join Chaz and Big Goose in an already amazing support lineup, in my opinion. Uh, did you get debated, Joe? Yeah, which... Uh, what well, you can't ask me that. I mean, you know, we had that um, conversation live as it happened. You know, <laughs> trading live reactions. It was... It was, it was uh, crazy. It was super weird to hear, but... Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's uh, you, we've talked a little bit about having the the triple support rotation. That uh, I think that's going to end up being helpful with teams, especially um, if you know. I'll be I'll be conservative here. If we ever start moving away from uh, from a sort of uh, goats meta of, uh, from from triple support, you know, to have uh, to to be able to keep that flexibility, I think is going to be helpful. Um, and again, yeah, I think. Uh, Notably, we didn't uh, see him on the uh, Finnish World Cup team, but um, you know, so that just makes me all the more interested to see um, exactly how that's going to go. Yeah, me as well. I really last week I predicted Gladiators in the as early champions, very early champions, um, and I really like how the roster's shaping up. So Boston. Um, we had all those rumors earlier that we talked about of, of how Huck treats their players and how the environment is and how Stryker does not want to be there anymore. But it was so hard for Stryker to leave because of the price tag that Huck was putting on him. Someone finally took a look at that price tag and they said, that's worth it. And that team is the San Francisco Shock. Um, they have They have taken Stryker away. From the Boston Uprising, uh, which just, I mean, right after this, I, I, we could, I'm going to talk about what this means for San Francisco, but this, this means a lot for Boston, who basically has to rebuild with a bunch of unknown names again. I mean, they came in with a bunch of unknown names last year. They all became known, and now they have 
spread their wings basically either just quitting entirely <laughs> or going to different teams because of the environment they were in they've uh, risen up <laughs> yes they have risen up uh out of out of the ashes of a of a of an organization that uh has a lot of drama around it right now no one likes huck currently um so they the shock picked him up um boston did make an addition uh which we'll talk about after this but the san francisco shock now have five dps players is that correct joe um that sounds right let me see yeah we're looking at um rascal and striker rascal sinatra and architect yeah Mm. so another five dps roster i mean i think striker's the best dps on this roster i do so i mean there's that's a great pickup because of that but um, one of these players is never gonna play (laughs) and i yeah Probably one of these players could get dropped. I mean, we're looking at a 12-man roster here. That, yeah. Um, you, you know, granted, I think they maintained one in season uh, season one too, but still, it's. I'm guessing that's going to be. Yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be Baby Bay. That is Baby Bay is the worst out of these five, and I still think he's a great talent and could be on a lot of rosters, but. Uh, and he probably will find himself on a different roster because I don't think he's going to be playing at all. If they go with a three-man rotation, I, if they're going to use four of these five DPS, I think it would be three-man DPS rotation between <clears throat> Rascal, Striker, and Architect, depending on what heroes they want. Um, and I think Sinatra might switch to maybe more of a flex role. Flex, yeah, flex tank. That would be that would be helpful. Yeah, so Sinatra and Super actually that would be an interesting combination. Yeah, definitely would be because Sinatra's great at off tank. Um, I've seen he's play he plays Wrecking Ball right, but I've seen him on Zarya too. And um, played Ryan in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, so he, Sinatra's all over the place. I I don't think I think he will be used more um, in other roles. And I think they go with like a trio of Rascal, Striker, Architect, which is mouth watering. That is such a good trio. Um, especially with how much architect impressed everybody last year, like in stage end of stage three, stage four, like he was improving so much. Um, and then now having striker who, who doesn't really have to play widow anymore. He can, he can play on that tracer. If that tracer's good, that is. Um, and then of course you got rascal, a great projectile DPS player. So I like this lineup a lot. Um, Boston. We just talked about them. Um, we got a Brazilian player in the Overwatch League, uh, Alamau. Yeah, he is a main support player. Um, Boston picked him up to t- today. Announced it today. Huck had a very rude, um, <laughs> rude way of saying they were going to announce somebody today. Let me go look that up. But it was. I didn't see that. Yeah. He said, uh, so he, was, he took a picture of Toronto. He was like, Toronto to Boston. Like, Toronto, I'm going to Boston. Also got a player announcement later. I know everyone thought we picked up Funny Astro, but LMAO. Basically just, why even? <laughs> That's just so mean to Funny Astro. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a pun on, it's a pun on his name, though, I thought. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because it, it kind of kind of sounds like LMAO. 
Yeah. Yeah, and maybe. In fact, maybe maybe that's how it's intended to be pronounced. I don't know. I get it. But maybe it actually is just LMAO. I get it now. Now it's less. I mean, he still didn't have to mention funny Astro. <laughs> and be it's, a, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and be like, yeah, we. Uh, we're not picking that guy up. Don't don't listen to these rumors. Why would why would we pick up him? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's how he teased it, and then we get L L M A O on on team. Um, but yeah, nice Brazilian addition for Boston. Um, he was on the World Cup team, so Boston's just gonna go out and grab, do the same thing they did last year. Pick some talent that no one thinks is good, and maybe do go somewhere with it. I mean, last year they did it, um, and maybe this year they do it too. But right now, I'm not liking Boston without striker, especially. Yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> um, uh, but but also before we move out of roster changes, we do have another uh, mem- member here of the Washington Justice. Four minutes ago, they announced they've signed Guido mm. as a support. Guido, nice. Um, I like that signing, actually. As of four minutes ago, you say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite uh, pickups uh, for the Washington Justice so far. So uh, that's a good player. I can't I can't deny that. What do you What do you think about it? Yeah, no, that's going to be good. Uh, what, formerly Sold Dynasty, right? Yes. Yeah, it, it's going to be, uh, again, keeping with the, uh, you know, American-Korean sort of thing. But yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Yes, very much so. Uh, nice nice little live reporting there, Joe. Good job. <laughs> um, watch point. So we're finally, this is, this is today. Um, it's later today. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad we recorded this podcast before it was going to happen because I'm sure we're going to have a lot of, we know we're going to have a week one, full week one schedule, um, which I would love to preview with you next week, Joe, if you would like to. Um, but, uh, I'm sure we're going to have tons more information from this. Uh, I'm glad we're doing it before because this is already a packed episode. Um, what are, what are we at right now? Why is OBS not open? Oh no. What happened? Where is OBS? Oh, there it is. Oh my God. We are still recording. Okay. Uh, we're, we're at 50 minutes, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, that's going to be exciting later today. It is at 7 PM Eastern of 4 PM Pacific. Uh, and we do need that Pacific time because I am in California and it is going to be at 4 PM for me. Um, fusion university, um, roster announcement. You got Snillo on a two-way, of course. No Zachary. Um, because he, as we mentioned earlier, you got him going to the Dallas Fuel. Um, and what's what's the... Uh, who are... Uh, but yeah, who are you? That He's not on there. He's oh, on yes, roster. he isn't. I am noticing that. Which is super suspicious, but hmm. also... Nothing could have happened because he's not 18. <laughs> oh, hmm. So, that is suspicious. Anyway. I wonder if we'll, we'll probably find out some more about that soon. Uh, yeah, let's say a little... There was There's a little esports mystery this week, Joe. Um, that was a little fun 
thing. I was disappointed at first because I thought it was actually going to be an announcement, but then I watched the stream and I was like, oh, this is this is fun. Monte Cristo got married to Susie. Um, of, of course, uh, Susie is the... What is she exactly to the London Spitfire? GM? Uh, I, think, or... I think general manager, yeah. Okay. Uh, GM of, of the London Spitfire, uh, Monte Cristo, of course. One of the uh, casters for the Overwatch League got married after dating for five years. They streamed it live on Twitch. Um, they had Bren and Sideshow casting a lot of it, uh, red carpet stuff. Uh, Golden Boy hosted. <laughs> yes, and uh, of and course, then similar did the ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes he did. Um, and just a bunch, bunch of uh, Overwatch League talent drinking and having fun uh, live on Twitch. So that's always yeah, fun. It... Got, it brought out one of the more wholesome sides of Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, which is always great to see. Uh, Uber did a shoey at one point, which was disgusting. Um, yeah, just overall. It was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. It's It was an enjoyable time. Um, Winter Wonderland, my personal favorite event is Winter Wonderland because I love Christmas. And that is coming back December 11th. And live on the show, Blizzard has announced the first skin, and it is Snowbar Snowboarder Zarya. Zarya is my main right now, and I need this skin. She's got, it's very bear themed, a bear hat, it is. bear on her backpack, uh, and the gun is. I mean, it's pink, and she's in blue, and Hangzhou Spark is very excited for it. What and do you also, think? she has a tail. And she has a tail. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I need this. Only bear tail in the back <laughs> which i actually just noticed looking at this video but uh, but yeah and it looks like uh, uh blizzard world's gonna get a reskin too which is cool yeah um it looked very very nice i i love christmas i love christmas um so yeah less than a week now yeah yeah um more more skins to come i'm sure but i'm super excited super excited for this uh let's joe let's get into our season two preview if you haven't been listening uh starting this week uh, until the season comes we are going to be previewing two rosters a day um until we get there and then once we get there we are going to make our predictions uh which uh, means as... we're just about 10 weeks from the start of the season 10, yes. 11, i think yes and uh i'm so excited to finally predict the season once we get there. But first, we got to take a look at the teams individually. Uh, we we decided to take a look at teams that we believe should have full rosters right now. We don't want to preview teams that um, that don't don't have that. Still making moves because we we that's unfair to them. They don't have their full roster quite yet. Um, so we kind of want to give give each team an off season grade, and then what? I was just say one one Atlantic and one Pacific also. Oh yes, so. I forgot about that rule. One Atlantic, one Pacific. <laughs> give give them an offseason grade. How they do? Do they improve? Um, standout players we think they'll have from this season, um, as well as anticipated matchups. And I think we should end it with, um, kind of a segment where we do better or worse, better or worse than um, than last season. Uh, we won't give exact we won't give exact records or where we think they're going to place because I think we should save that for predictions. Um, first team out of the Atlantic, uh, a team that 
probably most certainly has their full roster and they've had them had it for a while. Um, the Houston outlaws, my favorite team from last season, they, so in the off season, Joe, they dropped fact fiction, uh, clockwork retired and Mendo retired Mendo to be a streamer clockwork to be a coach. Um, and they added, uh, Dante from San Francisco shock. I, I could not imagine right now if San Francisco shock still had Dante on their team and had 60 <laughs> PS players. That'd be a little crazy. Yeah. Or I can't imagine if Houston outlaws waited a bit longer and then eventually got striker instead of a Dante Dante for their trace Ooh. player. That would have been nice. Um, but yeah, Houston outlaws, I believe the least off season moves did maybe compared to like London or New York or New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those but three teams that's probably about it. did basically nothing. Um, Houston outlaws. I mean, dropping fact fiction was pretty big because that's a good player. Um, but they added Dante, which I think, people can argue is a very good pickup but what, what would you grade their off season they didn't do too much um and is that is that bad is doing is not doing too much bad for the Houston Outlaws they didn't make the playoffs last year uh yeah I don't know I think um you, you know we talked about uh, back in season one we talked about you know oh you know first half of the season Houston's problem was they didn't have a tracer player um because you know back in um, that, you know, those patches um, and that kind of meta, you know, we really needed that. Um, so, you know, Clockwork filled that role for a while. Um, now, you know, Dante is here, can fill that role, you know. Uh, that's definitely um, an upgrade there. Um, but then, yeah, getting into the second part of the season, then it was, uh, you, you know, it's harder to say, I guess, uh, exactly what the thing was that they were missing uh, here, here as a team for the Houston Outlaws. Um, uh, obviously, you know, fact fiction that they brought in essentially as trade bait for Dante, <laughs> um, which worked well enough, you know, that's, um, but, but yeah, uh, I think in general, you know, the players we're left with, uh, which is uh, uh, Muma, Kumats, uh, Arhan, and Spree, uh, Dante, Linkser, Jake, Boink, Bonnie, and Rockus. Um, for this 10 player roster um you know i think it's definitely um uh, it's definitely solid there you know we've seen individually uh, even here in the last um you know during the world cup how lots of these players are still uh really good at the things that they do um you, you know whether it's casting with jake or or uh, <laughs> or what but we will be able to see and pick up the uh pick up the mouse and keyboard again but um yeah, I think uh, you know the deep rest line got an upgrade that they needed uh, for a little bit more flexibility. Uh, again, you know we've talked about uh, it seems like lots of teams are are uh, moving up to to two or to three or four uh, DPS players. So that's uh, you, you know something that they are uh, following with. But yeah, to have uh, to to keep the core of the team consistent, uh, I think is going to be helpful for them uh, going into season two. Yeah, I have to I have to give props to the anyone, any of the teams because there's been so many changes. Any of the teams who have just decided like let's just keep it consistent because um, I think too many moves obviously will hurt you in the end. Um, Houston maybe maybe less so than London or New York because I think the roster did need a little bit more specifically on the support side of things. I like Rockus a lot. Um, Bonnie's great at Mercy, but Mercy's not in the meta 
um, anymore. Um, Boink's okay. Like their support lineup doesn't impress me the most, uh, especially in a in a meta where supports are so important. Uh, that's just that's looking rough to me. But besides that, I'm totally fine. I, I still believe Muma's one of the best main tanks. Um, so dropping factor fi fact fiction is not that big of a deal for that reason. He's he's I just Muma's gonna outperform fact fiction uh, most of the time. So I don't see the point of ever taking him out for fact fiction. Adding Dante uh, brings well a well needed tracer player to the lineup finally, um, and just someone who can play the heroes that Jake can't because Jake is a specialist and he. Um, is only super good at certain heroes, other heroes he struggles with. So having Dante there is going to be great for them. I would give their offseason probably like a B or a B minus just because they did nothing to, the, to their support line that I believe was struggling um, all season last year, especially when Mercy got out of the meta. So um, yeah, Houston Outlaws, they, I, I like that they decided to keep a lot of their players, but... Um, they should have done a little bit more, I think. Um, um, yeah, I guess I haven't given him a grade yet, but uh, you know that is fair. I think um, we'll have to see how, uh, for example, Bonnie's Anna uh, uh, can develop. I know Jane calls him Banny. I don't know, uh, but, uh, but uh, even coming from the World Cup to season two, you know, to see how that. Uh, how that can change that's going to be helpful but um yeah so houston um again going from what 11 players to 10 changing all those up um uh, there for that uh off season grade you know I don't, they didn't do anything um unlike some other teams that um uh, that i really disagree with so yeah that's a that's a solid you know b plus or something i think yeah um and i know houston was always confident in their roster and um, they believe they can improve, and I like how they're sticking to their guns on that. Um, guns, that's that's actually funny. I didn't mean to say that. But uh, st standout players for me, um, I mean, this is this is going to be an easy one because we uh, we know last year Muma was their best player um, and Linkser was their best DPS player for sure. I think Linkser wasn't as consistent as he could have been, um, but this, this year I would go Muma again. Um Muma didn't have too great of a performance at the World Cup, but I, I still think he's gonna bounce back. And if we're if we're talking uh if we're gonna give two standout players, I'll give I'll give it to Dante because Dante was my most improved player from last year for sure. Like I did not expect Dante to do as well as he ended up doing on the shock. Um and I didn't expect him to have a like a starting position, especially when they got Architect in there and Sinatra was as was of age. Um, I did not expect Dante to keep a starting position and keep a role on the team, honestly. Um, and he did, and he was a fantastic tracer, a fantastic DPS player, and kept improving. I, I think Dante will be st a standout once again on Houston Outlaws, even though he is, he was sad to leave all his friends on the shock. Uh, I think this will be a better move for him in the end. Standout players for you, Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I can. Uh... I don't think I can disagree on either of those two. You know, that's uh, you know, we've heard um, you know several times. People, you know, think he's uh, one of the best, if not the best, uh, in a main tank. You know, uh, and that's been a strength of 
of Houston, you know, even in season one. So yeah, between Mubu and Dante now, hopefully, uh, it's gonna be good to watch them going into, uh, you know, next season. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Anticipated matchups. This is gonna be one of my favorite parts of the preview. Um, who are we most like? Who are we fiending to see uh, Houston play right now, foaming at the and, mouth? And so the the two obvious ones uh, probably are Dallas. Obviously, you know mm-hmm. we've got the the battle for Texas still going on. Yep. Um, and you know both uh, both teams improved a little bit. Um, even from season one, but also I think uh, uh, San Francisco, you know, is the other obvious one. Um, again, with Dante's former team now, uh, you, you know, coming back to see exactly how that uh, how that story plays out through the season. You know, whether they um, play them once or twice. Um, yeah, because I think every team will play because they only have like thirty eight matches. So I think yeah. you'll, you'll play every other team. Actually, no. If it is thirty eight, then you'll play every other team twice. Maybe. Um, it's twenty. So the games, it's twenty-seven or twenty-eight games, right? Oh, twenty-seven. Okay, yeah. So it'll be once or twice then. Yeah, and 30. especially because um, San Francisco's in the Pacific and uh, Houston's in the Atlantic, I believe it'll only be once for those two. That's true. Um, and same with Dallas. Um, it's kind of it kind of stinks that Houston's like biggest rivals are 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 in the Pacific. Um, because I also agree with you on those two. I always look forward to Philly versus Houston for some reason, but that's because my brother is a Philly fan and I'm a Houston fan. Um, so I always look forward to those games, and I think they're always good. They, I think almost like all of them went to five maps last season. So Sounds about right. Um, and then San Francisco, not only because of Dante, but I think it's always a rivalry game when those two come together because it's like... It feels like half of the U.S. roster versus the other half of the U.S. roster, especially last year. I don't know how it is this year, but um, it feels like a a real, a true American battle, kind of, because San Francisco has a lot of American talent, um, too. So, yeah, those are some anticipated matchups. And to compare it to Season 1, it's hard. I think Houston will stay about the same. I don't think they'll be better or worse. I think they'll be about the same, which could mean playoffs since there are more playoff spots this year. Um, but with all the new talent, with rosters being upgraded, I think it's going to be hard for them to be better. But I think they'll they'll stay around, hover the same they were last year. What do you think? Yeah, again, I'd have to agree. You know, that's um, again with with not much changes. You know, um, not a lot can change. Uh, which you know sounds obvious, but you know there's uh, obviously lots of off-season improvement. Hopefully that these players have been getting in, but uh, yeah, it's just going uh, to be just trying to see where they fall in amongst some of these new teams as well. Yeah, uh, our second team, our Pacific team, we're going to preview the 0-40 Shanghai Dragons, uh, and their their off-season possibly the exact opposite of the Houston Outlaws um, because they completely changed their roster dropping everybody but Dia, Fearless, and Gagiri. Um so Roshan, Shushu, Addo, uh, Damon, Freefield, Five King, Altering Sky all gone off the roster and picking up a Kungdu Panthera core mainly with uh, Diem from Lucky Future Zenith and then Guardian from Toronto Esports 
being the only non-Kung-Du players they picked up. Um, but as far, I, I'll start off with my offseason grade of sorts. I mean, you got to give Shanghai props because um, not only did they did they completely, I mean, they were smart. They completely revamped their roster here. Uh, but they picked up probably one of the best cores you could pick up um, in Kung Du Panthera. Some of the uh, some of the best players, of course, they didn't get Decay and Roar, which I think most people believe to be the two best players from Kung Du Panthera. But these are still some great players, um, and I, I I love DM a lot too uh, from Chinese contenders. I think DM and Dia are a great DPS duo over there in Shanghai. So you got to give Shanghai. I'm gonna give them. And A, honestly, they, could, they couldn't have revamped a roster better than they did, probably. they, I mean, they could have, but um, they, they did as well as they could, if you ask me. This is fantastic. Given the circumstances, they probably couldn't have yeah, exactly. uh, come out much better than it did. Yeah. Uh, again, with uh, this, you know, diversifying their roster um, you know, a little bit from a couple different places, but keeping... Uh, you, you know, some of the core behind, you know, we did see um, the flashes of greatness from uh, Gagory, you know, and obviously she has lots of fans, so that's going to be helpful. Uh, you know, for a team that's uh, essentially, you know, rebuilding just as much as any of these expansion teams are. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, DMD uh, and then uh, built-in, uh, some built-in connections already, you know, Luffy, Coma, uh, the only two... Uh, specific you know support players uh, on this roster that's it's just going to be really cool um you know to watch you know if the rumors are true coming out shanghai versus um uh, like what hangzhou i think yeah uh, uh, like you know for the first week trying to see uh this is definitely a team that's gonna get some wins i think <laughs> yeah. which you know it's it's unfortunately it's unfortunate that that's where the line has to be but uh you know that's what if that's what we're looking at i think uh we should be looking forward to it because it's gonna happen yeah, uh, grade it, grade the off season. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I same thing. I can't really disagree uh, with, with what you, you know you talk about. That they did, they did a really good job. They went all in um, on trying to change stuff up and uh, change stuff up. They did, you know. Uh, yeah, I'll give them there for this as well. Yeah, um, and standout players. Uh, I mentioned DM. I do think DM's going to be a standout player. I think, um, but I also think Dia. I mean, last year, Shanghai's biggest strength, especially at the beginning of the season, was like they have good DPS players, but the rest of their team is terrible. Um, of course, they made tons of changes throughout the season, but uh, I think their DPS core was always their strongest part. Dia's one of one of those OG DPS players. I think Dia could come out um, with, a, with a big season. Um, but I could point to any of these Kung Du Panthera flex, um, or support players here and say, those guys are going to be good too, because they're obviously good. I think they're going to be good, um, and better than what they had before for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to their DPS line of D DM and Diaz as their standout players. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, you know, I'd agree. We'll talk about, um, think about anticipated matchups i really want to see um uh, you, you know the first time that we get carpe diem uh, out on out on the stage you know nice. that's because um, <laughs> you know that's been a story uh, all the way throughout both their careers uh, but uh, but yeah you know talking about specific um specific players for stand yeah i also want to uh like you said some of these these flex players are really 
really significant you know highlight young gen um especially you know from uh from uh contenders uh, uh last season you know all the way to the championship there versus runaway um you, you know just really uh, bringing stuff out for the team you know so i want to be able to see that uh for shanghai now too yeah i completely agree with you there but yeah anticipated matchups um shanghai versus like anybody at this point would be cool i just want to like i I want them to beat everybody <laughs> um but yeah any of the chinese teams obviously that's an anticipated matchup um i think it's in, in philly <laughs> yes um carpe diem and then uh i think if i was going to pick a most anticipated matchup out of any chinese team um, it might be Chengdu just because of Chengdu's full Chinese roster. It would be hilarious if Chengdu took that full Chinese roster and they beat Shanghai and said that <laughs> this true. is this is how you do it. You could have easily been good <laughs> if you just picked up the right players. <laughs> that would have that would be funny. Uh, but yeah, any of the Chinese uh, the Chinese rivalries will be high. I believe. So I believe Hangzhou is right next to Shanghai geographically. So I think that's going to be the big rivalry. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah, they're like super close. I looked, I was I was on my flight, of course, like Delta has those like maps. And I was just like looking at where all the cities were in China just to like, just to see. Because I didn't actually know where uh, all the new expansion um, cities were. Um, I think... Chengdu's a bit out of the way, um, but what's the Guangzhou? I think is right by Hong Kong. Maybe I might be confusing them, uh, but uh, there's some, there's a little bit of info right there for you if you didn't know where the teams were. Um, any any the other? other go go ahead. We, yeah, the other pairing I want to look at uh, uh, is Shanghai and Vancouver. Um, you know, again, uh, you mentioned this already, but thinking, thinking about contenders last season, uh, Kanye Panthera versus Runaway, you know, now we've got um, significant cores of both teams here playing. Uh, I don't know, this is going to be a cool story uh, to, to come in once we do see that matchup in season two. Yeah, um, and you see, that's how you do it, Blizzard. All of, all of the rivals we've just mentioned are also in the Pacific Division for Shanghai. They might play them twice. That's fantastic. Houston, all their rivals are in the other division. That stinks. Um, but yeah, this is... I'm excited for Shanghai. That's going to be an exciting matchup. Kung Du versus Runaway. Um, there's there's so many anticipated matchups. Uh, now we get to our last segment, which is compared to Season 1, how do you think Shanghai is going to do? Uh, this might be another one we don't even have to say. <laughs> just like the Washington Colors, it's just... You know, they get a check mark. Yes, you 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 made changes. I mean, <laughs> yes. there's not much you can say after an 0 40 season. It's just you know. You can't. I mean, they can only possibly go 0 and 27 or 28 or whatever it is. So that's it, automatically it's true, better. To improve anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's gonna be good. Yeah, uh, check mark for me. <laughs> better. Yeah, obviously better. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's our first two teams out of the season two preview. I'm excited to continue doing those with you, Joe. Um, I think we got a nice little format going there. Uh, but yeah, tons of news. Hopefully, we get some more news this week. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's all I got for this episode. If you want to follow us on our social media accounts, uh, my personal Twitter is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. I-N-C. We have a show Twitter account at On The Flank Show, and we have an email on the flank show at gmail.com. You can either email us or tweet at us a topic if you would like us to talk about it, and we will. You are listening to this show in one way, but if you would like to listen to it in a different way, you can go to ontheflank.podbean.com. It is on my personal YouTube, which is John George, but you're most likely going to be better off finding it on my Twitter. Um, it is on Apple Podcasts and iTunes if you're an Apple user, and it is also on Spotify and Google Play if you're an Android person. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Joe, for joining me once again. Uh, and I'm so excited for this watch point tonight. Uh, everyone go watch that. Um, and thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>